Before we turn to God's word, let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for your holy word to us, wisdom for teaching and for living in righteousness. We thank you for your son, our redeemer, and the lessons he brings to your people through the parables. As we turn our attention to one of those stories today, fill us with your Holy Spirit. The same spirit that guided those who recorded the scriptures is now living in us, working in us, and helping us to understand what you have to say to us. What a blessing that is, Lord. May you be glorified in our seeking, in our learning, and the ways we live because of your love and truth in our lives. Amen. Luke 11, verses 5 through 8. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. People of God, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's put ourselves in the middle of this story. You settle in tonight into bed after your Sunday. You've got a, a big day of work ahead. And after a weekend off, your kids are due back at school tomorrow as well. And maybe it was a restful weekend, but normal begins again tomorrow. Or maybe the days have been a little hectic, and you'll be grabbing just enough sleep to get you through the day. You've done as much as you can, you've prepared as much as you can, and the house is finally quiet. And your eyes grow heavy, and sleep is oh so close. And then a friend shows up at your door. The timing could not be worse. Might you be tempted to stay quiet and pretend that you didn't hear them? Pretend that you're not there. Do you ever do that during the day? We do that at my house. The doorbell rings and we're not expecting anyone. And we wonder who's there and what they're trying to sell us. So you look around and shh, nobody moves. Or maybe somebody's upstairs and they can look out of the window above and see who is it that has come to our door today. And unless they've got a wagon full of Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> right, you stay hidden. We do that. We peek around the corner. We peek out of that upstairs window. Who would show up at the house unannounced? Maybe I'm getting trapped by someone who's trying to sell me something that I don't need and I don't want. But the visitor in this parable is not a stranger. It's not a salesperson, it's a friend. And they have a friend who has just showed up at their doorstep. And the friend's friend has been on a long journey and they need a place to stay. And they need something to fill their stomach after a long trip. So they've caught your friend off guard just as much as they've now interrupted your evening. Will you go to the door? Will you help them out? When we put ourselves in this parable though, we are not the one who is in bed. We are the one who is at the door. And Jesus asks, if you go to a friend's house at midnight tonight and ask for help, will they respond to you with words of, don't bother me? 
And a quick response from his audience here is no. Your friend will get out of bed and they will give you what you need. And it's not because it's a friend. The verse suggests not because it's a friend at the door, but because of his shamelessness, which is the appropriate translation for that word. The asker is not ashamed to be asking you. Before they showed up, there was no hesitation wondering, should I or should I not? They needed something, so they came and they asked. And in the relationship that they have with you, when one is in need, they ask and they receive. And that can be assumed because of the cultural setting into which Jesus is delivering this parable. The parable demonstrates to us how that community operates. They answer the door, they answer that request, because that's what the culture to which this story was received would do. And as they received the parable from Jesus and he asked those words, who of you would say, do not trouble me? No one would do that. And as Jesus asked who would provide bread, they would all start to raise their hands and they would assume that everyone around them would do the same. And again, it's not because it's a friend and it's not because of any persistent knocking at the door. There's no big sigh because someone has showed up unannounced and I've got to pull myself out of bed at this late hour. When someone in the community asks, you answer and you answer with yes. And I've been exploring these cultural differences, how different groups of people are most likely to connect to the gospel message. And it's an important question for us to ask as we look back at the time and place where Jesus delivered this parable. And it's also important to us to consider how different people would receive the gospel message today, how they understand and how they see things. Those of us from a Western culture tend to operate in a guilt and innocence mindset. Individuals have their own responsibility to make the right choices. And that shapes how we read our Bible and how we see the people in our lives. Are they making good choices or are they making bad choices? And if that's the case, when this friend comes to my door with no bread to offer his guest, that's not my problem, right? Disturbing me after a reasonable hour, that is a problem. They messed up, they weren't ready. The consequences are theirs. They need to rectify that situation. They should deal with that. Don't pull me into that. It's a right or wrong situation and more of an individualistic thinking. Another culture type, the one that's common to those who are receiving this parable from Jesus, is more community-based. It's based on honor and shame. And if the guest arrives and my friend can't show hospitality to him, that's going to reflect poorly on the whole community. We are in this together. We rise and we fall together. If one of us does something shameful in this parable, if it would be not showing the proper hospitality to this guest that has arrived, everyone's reputation in the community is going to suffer. Your friend's embarrassment has ripples that go out to everyone else, and their problem is indeed your problem. If word gets out, everyone in that community is gonna be up and out of bed and looking for bread. And not just to offer a little bit of bread, we seek to provide the best, and we seek to provide more than this traveler needs. And it can't even be leftover bread for dinner, something that we've already broken. 
There's a high level of hospitality that is expected, and it's everyone's collective responsibility to respond. All are involved, all are part of being welcoming. So showing up late at night in our culture might be very bad manners. Even in my life, I try not to call somebody too late or too early or text too late or too early, right? Try to keep it in a, a reasonable hour within the day. But showing up at any time of the night in need of something violates no etiquette in this culture. The people that are listening would understand that. The friend would rise, he would give what is needed, and so would the next house and the next house and the next house. It's the duty of the whole community. So you hear a recognizable voice asking, friend, can you give me some bread? And you jump up and you anxiously do that. And I do hope that as a Christian community, that would be part of the way that we would respond to needs as well. For your church, for my church, for each of us individually, that we would have a generous and hospitable spirit. That is certainly a good thing. But the meaning behind Jesus' message today is not about being ready to be welcoming. And it's not about hospitality. It's about shamelessly knocking on God's door when you need him. And the parable stories that Jesus would give to the people would be very practical, relatable stories to his audience that would give them a window into the kingdom. And the parable is about being unashamed to ask for help. And a request being answered is sandwiched between two different passages here because the first 13 verses of Luke chapter 11 fall under the title, Jesus Teaching on Prayer. So prior to telling this parable, the disciples have asked Jesus for some coaching on prayer, and you've already heard these words today. It's the Lord's Prayer. It says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. The framework of the words that we have already prayed together this morning. And we ask and we trust God will provide us with that daily bread, our daily needs. And our daily bread is what's necessary for us each day. And the Lord's Prayer begins, it speaks of God's divine power. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And then it speaks to these provisions that he gives to us. Daily bread, the forgiveness of sins, and asking that he not lead us into temptation or rescue us from that. So we come to God's door and we let him hear our voice in prayer. And we trust, too, that he will answer. And we trust him to meet those needs. That is our daily bread. We are asking God to meet our daily needs, that he would sustain us in our time of need and that we would be dependent on his hospitality. And we can come to him in any situation and we can come to him at any hour and we don't have to worry that we might wake God up. We heard those verses already this morning as well. God's never too busy to hear us and he does not sleep. So if we could pull up, I've got... Those same verses that you just heard, Psalm 121, let's go ahead and read those together. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. 
Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. He's never sleeping. He's watching. He's waiting. He's ready to receive your request in your time of need, our protective Father. So do you have something in your life that you need to be bringing to him? And have you hesitated, perhaps, to call on him? You think maybe it's bad timing, it's inconvenient, seems like a bother, I've kind of been asking a lot of things already. Maybe it's not important enough to ask. I have had people in my church that have had medical situations, other things going on, and they've told me that they hesitated to mention that to the congregation because other people have bigger things that are going on. I would pray that we as a church, you as a church, members of families and community would always have enough time to pray for those things, no matter how big or how small we might think that they are. That's noble to say, give your attention to somebody else, but it's not necessary, right? There is room enough for all. All the groups that God places us in. In the verses that follow today's parable, still under the heading of Jesus providing wisdom on prayer, we read this. It says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. And maybe that's where we draw an assumption sometimes in this parable that the friend has come knocking. We don't even hear that in the passage. There's not a, a knocking or a persistent knocking. It's just simply his voice that is at the door. And there's another parable you may be familiar with, the persistent widow, who comes again and again and again, and there's persistence that answers her prayer. We sometimes merge the details of different stories in the Bible or different parables. But that's not what's going on in the parable today. There's no persistent knocking. There's no knocking at all. And yes, be persistent, but also as we read today, be unashamed. Come to the Lord with your requests. Like the friend in the parable, God will recognize your voice. And God also wishes to provide, like the friend in that story, the necessities in the time of need. The door will be open the essentials will be given. And here are the final three verses in that section of Jesus' teaching on prayer. It says, Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? We seek to provide good things for our children and for those that we love and for the friends that come to our door. Would not our Heavenly Father, this passage suggests, not provide even better things for us? And is he not infinitely more capable of doing that? Jesus' audience in this time would say, of course he would. The friend would not make excuses. The friend would not say no. A father or mother would seek to give their children all of those things that they need, and God would answer the call of a familiar voice as well. It is his character, not our persistence, 
and not even the, the right timing of our knocking that would give us the confidence that he would respond. It is who he is. It is the Father's love for us. It's the obedience of his son Jesus that opens that door. And it's the interceding of the Holy Spirit that works in our hearts and leads us to ask and brings us to him in confidence. One final thought here on prayer. How do I know if what I'm asking is daily bread? If it's something that God should grant and say yes to? Because we can ask for some big things that we might not actually need. I've heard some interesting examples of those even in recent weeks. We know that sometimes God's answer is no. Or maybe sometimes not yet. And we trust that his will will be done and that he will be glorified in those things. And as we seek to understand his will in our prayers and in our daily living, I offer these thoughts by missionary and theologian E. Stanley Jones. He wrote this in his biography. Prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from my boat and it catches hold of the shore and I pull, do I pull the shore closer to me or does it pull me closer to the shore? He says, prayer is not pulling God to my will, but aligning my will with the will of God. And that is our time in prayer, as we would have that exchange, as we would make those requests that we would be drawn closer and closer to our God. So keep praying, keep reading, keep studying, keep gathering as you are this morning and seeking the will of God together. Keep bringing him the glory persistently and without embarrassment. His desire is that we would throw that line out to him and that we would hook ourselves to him and that we would pull ourselves close to the will of God. Pray with me. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth, never sleeping, ever watching, ready to answer our knock or simply our voice now and forevermore. We pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. May your name be glorified in our lives forever and ever. And all God's people say, amen.